Aloha and welcome to Conversations to Enlighten and Heal. Today I'll be speaking with Dr. Judith Orloff, author of Emotional Freedom, Liberate Yourself from Negative Emotions and Transform Your Life. Conversations is sponsored by HealthMasterySystems.com, Holistic Products for Body, Mind, and Soul, and PurePlantEssentials.com, Organic Aromatherapy. Please visit these websites today. Be sure to visit the iTunes store and subscribe for the complete lineup of shows on Conversations to Enlighten and Heal. A board-certified psychiatrist, Dr. Judith Orloff blends traditional medicine with intuition to enhance patient care. Her new international best-selling book, Emotional Freedom, inspires hope, compassion, and courage, and is a map for how to overcome negative emotions with practical strategies for frustration, stress, and worry. Dr. Orloff's previous bestsellers include Positive Energy, Guide to Intuitive Healing, and Second Sight, a trilogy of books exploring new breakthroughs in intuition and energy. Body and Soul Magazine has called Dr. Orloff one of our nation's top doctors. Dr. Orloff has appeared widely in print and news media with guest appearances on NBC Today Show, Good Morning America, CBS Early Show, and Lifetime Television, to name just a few. To learn more about Dr. Judith Orloff, please visit her website where you can get a copy of Emotional Freedom with 100 free gifts and also subscribe to Judith's free Intuition e-newsletter. That website address is drjudithorloff.com. That's Dr. D-R. Judith, J-U-D-I-T-H, Orloff, O-R-L-O-F-F dot com. Please welcome to the show my very special guest, Dr. Judith Orloff. Aloha, Judith. Thanks for joining us. Oh, I'm very happy to be on your show. Well, what is your message in emotional freedom, Judith? The message in emotional freedom is that emotions are a path to spiritual and intuitive awakening and that it's important to be able to learn how to transform and work with difficult emotions Mm -hmm. such as fear or anger or resentments and be able to transform them into something more positive um, in order to free yourself. Mm -hmm. So why did you write Emotional Freedom? Why is Emotional Freedom so relevant to our stressful world today? I wrote Emotional Freedom because we're in the midst of an emotional meltdown. Mm-hmm. And our world is in so much turmoil. The emotions are just really rising high, mm-hmm. and people don't know how to deal with them. They feel afraid. They feel worried. They feel anxious. How do you deal with all these emotions without going under? How do you look at them as part of the spiritual path mm-hmm. that helps you to grow larger and, and more loving and more light-bearing? Now, I wanted to teach people those skills that I teach my patients Mm -hmm. Um, because as a traditional psychiatrist, I was taught really when you treat difficult emotions, there's a biological basis for it, meaning low serotonin is connected to depression or other low neurotransmitters are connected to anxiety. And so I was taught to give out a lot of medications and also deal with some of the psychological components, but never was I taught how to deal more holistically with emotions and really deal with the spiritual and energetic Mm -hmm. components also. So in the book, I want to provide all of those Mm -hmm. to readers, both the neurobiological, the spiritual, the energetic, and the psychological. So whenever you're going through something, you have all the answers of how to deal with it rather than just partial Mm -hmm. answers. So it's an integral form of treatment. Right. Yes. In your book, you talk about four emotional types. 
What are the four emotional types and how can knowing our emotional type help us to be happy? Well, there are four emotional types in that chapter that I talk about and it's really essential that you know your emotional type so you know how you process emotions in the world and benefit from the positive side of it and then begin to minimize the negative qualities. But the mm-hmm. four types that I discuss in the book are number one, the intellectual, and this is somebody who comes from their head a lot. Um, number two is the emotional empath. This is the type that I am. This is the somebody who's sensitive and intuitive and open but is an emotional sponge and tends to take on the anxiety and um, stress of the world into their own body and can get quite exhausted from it or, or thrown off. Mm-hmm. And the third type is the gusher. The gusher is somebody who is very in touch with his or her emotions and can really get to the bottom of them quickly and expresses them, but tends to overshare and might pull you aside in the supermarket and tell you their life story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the, the gusher. And then the fourth type is the rock. And the rock is somebody who's strong, steady, dependable, there for you, does what they say they're going to do, but they tend to lack a little bit of passion and so they can be accused of being boring or not expressing their emotions, mm-hmm. which is you know, often true. Mm-hmm. So to balance out each of these types, I go through various techniques because you can make the most of being an intellectual, for instance, and, and use your beautiful mind, but also to balance it, learn to come more in your body, take a yoga class, mm-hmm. you know, just do something that is more body-oriented. And intellectuals need to learn not to... Um, try and fix problems too quickly with other people. When you have a spouse, let's say, who's going through a lot emotionally, mm-hmm. it's important to for the intellectual to first say, I really understand how you're feeling first before trying to fix the problem. It's that Because intellectuals always want to figure out a, a solution too quickly um, at the expense of empathy. So they're often um, kind of if they felt it as cold or withholding or, mm-hmm. or not being there with someone. And the empath needs to learn how to set limits and boundaries with others and also you know, really practice some techniques such as meditation and shielding mm-hmm. to stop absorbing the angst of the world because you don't want to do that because empaths can be debilitated and they become recluses if they absorb too much from the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to learn to become centered but also open. You don't shut off the empathy. You just stay open but learn um, the other techniques in order to not absorb the negative energy of the world. Mm-hmm. And then the gusher needs to learn to go inside more um, to be able to look for inner wisdom to solutions rather than immediately picking up the phone to call somebody. And then the rock um, needs to express more passion and What I suggest is to express an emotion a day. Mm -hmm. I'm sad, I'm happy, I'm in love, I'm disappointed, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But just to begin to get that energy going Mm -hmm. of the expression and also Mm -hmm. more of an opening of sensuality to bring the rock more into the sensual self. Mm -hmm. So how can tapping into our intuition and emotions help us to heal stress in our lives and stay healthy, Judith? Well, intuition is the basis of all my books. And with Emotional Freedom, I teach it as a very potent vehicle to tune into the deeper meaning of what you're going through. Because with 
emotions, if you just deal with it in terms of the linear mind, the linear mind, the logical mind, will say, oh, this is so unfair, this is so uncomfortable, I just want it to be over for difficult experiences. All right, but the intuition, which is the still small voice inside that will tell you the truth about things, Mm -hmm. you know, to be able to sink into that and listen to that to say, what is the deeper meaning of my fear? What is the deeper meaning of my frustration or my my grief? Now, how can I tune into that? Mm -hmm. And always ask your intuition, how can this emotion help me to spiritually grow? For instance, how can fear help me become more courageous? Mm -hmm. You know, in the book, I, I talk about transforming emotions. I have each chapter is dedicated to a different emotion. For instance, transforming fear with courage, transforming frustration with patience, transforming anger with compassion. So intuition allows you to really go deep in the self to see how an emotion can help you become more courageous if you're fearful, to become more patient if you're frustrated, to become more compassionate if you're angry. No, that that's really the the voice that I suggest that you also listen to in addition to the intellect. When you're dealing with emotions, I'm a big believer in bridging worlds and not choosing one over the other. Um, you can use your intellect. Either or. No, either or. Yeah. No, there's no need. I mean, that's what the medical system does. Mm-hmm. It does either you're intuitive or you're analytical. Mm-hmm. And it just... I'm really against that because we can be so many different things. We can be intuitive, we can be intellectual, and it's not polarizing, it's just being everything we can be, Mm -hmm. um, no matter what it is, and keep expanding our repertoire of of skills as we live, you know, throughout our lifetime to become more and use every source of wisdom there is out there. Mm -hmm. That's what being creative is. Yeah. I feel we're the creators of our lives, so... Yeah, I mean, that that's how I see it. But unfortunately, traditional medicine sees it a little bit differently, and people tend to polarize. And so, mm-hmm. you know, in the book, I just wanted yeah. to make really clear that that's just not necessary. Yes. You can use the best of both worlds. Yes. You want to use your mind. You want to use your body. You want to use your intuition. You want to use your dreams. You want to use everything. Yes. Because it's all there for it's you. It's all there, yes. So can our intuition help us to heal pain and illness, Judith? Does intuition have a place in modern medicine? Well, yes, that's kind of my mission, is to bring intuition into modern medicine. It's so, I I can't imagine really giving true patient care without using it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can certainly just use the intellectual mind, as many doctors do, and, and go over test results and you know, put people in diagnostic categories and do what's prescribed. Mm-hmm. Now, there's that level of, of patient care, but there's also the soul-to-soul mm-hmm. aspect of patient care where, you know, with every patient, I tune in with my intuition, mm-hmm. and I'm open to gut feelings, I'm open mm-hmm. to dreams, I'm open to impressions, knowings, flashes, mm-hmm. senses of energy, mm-hmm. you know, all of that when I'm working with somebody. And that, in addition to listening with my mind. Mm -hmm. So it's all integral. It's all part of holistic care. Yes. You know, seeing the whole person. And I I give uh, trainings for healthcare professionals on how to bring intuition 
into patient care and how intuition is used in emotional healing and emotional freedom. Now, specifically, I mean, what people need to learn and what I'm presenting in, in the book is how to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to know how. It's not just this vague thing. Yes. The very specific things you do to get in touch with your intuition, yes. you know, such as learning to be quiet and be receptive, ask a question, whatever it is with an emotional dilemma. Now, how do I get deal with this emotional vampire in my life, this person who's sucking me dry? And there's a chapter on that. And, and how do I deal with that? Then listen. Instead of thinking mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. you're receptive and you stay open to any kind of flashes or knowings that come to you. Mm-hmm. There are two different ways of knowing. One, the intellect is you go after something. You try and analyze it. It's very aggressive and active. Mm-hmm. Or intuition is different. It's putting in a request and waiting mm-hmm. for the answer to come. Mm-hmm. Very so different. So there are two different ways of... of um, assimilating knowledge so people just have to know not to confuse intuition with the mind mm-hmm. because it, it, they just operate so differently mm-hmm. both of them they don't operate in the same way mm-hmm. and so sometimes people say I can't get in touch with my intuition as they're trying too hard yes yes you know they're trying too hard to visualize something that's not intuition yes. intuition it's is more visualization relaxed. yes it's about putting a, a request in and waiting for an answer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not in any way moving towards that answer, mm-hmm. and that that's what's hard for people to get yes. is you know until they get some practice because once they see that things will actually start coming in, yes, then you get more so why do you why do you think it's so difficult for people to trust their intuition? How can we learn to trust our intuition, Judith? Well, I, I think parents don't teach their children to trust it. It starts with early education. Mm-hmm. And so it's like trying to ride a bicycle when you've never been taught as an adult, you know, that kind of thing. But but I, I mean, this is what I do is I teach people to listen to their intuition, whether they're five years old or whether they're 100. Mm-hmm. It, and it really doesn't even matter when you start because you can begin to listen to it at any time if you know how to find it. Mm-hmm. You see, and I think people aren't given the skills on how to find it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, the parents that I know who have really you know, brought up their children this way. It's just intuition is a very natural part of their life when they grow up. It's not anything woo-woo or separate or something they have to struggle to find. Yeah. It's it's just part of, of how they deal with the world. And when you have parents that support that in you, that, that's really a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and also, you know, our culture is very over-intellectualized, and it reveres the intellect, and it kind of, it, it doesn't remember. We live in a culture that doesn't remember how to see you know, to see with capital S. Mm-hmm. So it's um, kind of going against that mold and bringing intuition in, reintegrating it into our culture. And I think certainly more and more holistic physicians and healthcare providers are doing that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but it's just the the hardcore <laughs> traditional ones that you know kind of dig their heels in because they need proof of everything at every moment. Yes. You know. Yeah. And they need proof, statistical proof. Mm-hmm. So they, they can't accept you know, the experience of something without it being proven statistically. And that, that's a problem because they can't trust their own life experiences without that. Mm-hmm. So that, I think that's one drawback, too, in medicine, why, why it's hard for certain doctors to trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so demystifying the whole 
thing around intuition. And your yeah, book... Yeah, demystify, to humanize it. Yes. And just it's bring a it natural, back. It's one of our natural gifts. Yeah, it seems yeah. odd that it, it needs to be humanized or brought back, but mm-hmm. we've yeah. you know, really alienated it. So yeah. it, it's, there needs to be a movement of intuitive movement back into the heart, back into the body, yeah. you know, out of the head. Well, you're cer- certainly at the forefront of that movement, I feel. So in your book, Emotional Freedom, you talk about emotional vampires. What are emotional vampires, Judith? Well, emotional vampires are people who can suck you dry. And these are people who can throw your mood off. They, you feel worse when you're around them. Uh, you feel like taking a nap after you've had an interaction with them. So they're people who you energetically relate to in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need to listen to your intuition, your body's response to emotional vampires to know that you're around one because the mind will try and talk you out of it. The mind will say, let's say the person looks good, is funny, everyone likes them, you know, smart, you know, everyone, you know, the world is, is enjoying them, but you, you feel your energy is drained. Yeah, you can kind of feel that little psychic hook or something. Yeah, and it, it's not even little sometimes. I mean, it really feels like, you know, oh, you know, yeah. this is not good, whatever's yeah. happening. You know, it can be it's, it's very extreme where the energy bottoms out yes. around the person, and then you have to trust that experience for whatever reason you're feeling it. You can analyze why you're feeling it later, but, you know, just initially, just to know this is how my body is reacting around this person. Mm-hmm. And emotional vampires can throw your mood off and can throw you off emotionally. If mm-hmm. you're the emotional type I talked about before, the empath, mm-hmm. if you sense things from other people, if you tend to absorb energies from other people, if you're around an emotional vampire, that can really demolish you mm-hmm. because you take you take it on. And there are different types I talk about in the book. You know, one is the controller, someone who tries to control some aspect of you or your life. Mm-hmm. Um, Another is the narcissist. This is somebody who's me, 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 and does mm-hmm. not have any empathy for others. Um, a very big emotional vampire. The, the victim, where everything is poor me. Mm-hmm. Um, n- not, you know, people go through various things, and of course, you know, they're they're difficult, and you, you're entitled to express yourself. But victims more are chronic poor mm-hmm. meers, you mm-hmm. know, where it's always the world is against them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a way of getting different. attention and getting energy for themselves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's always yes, but when you offer a solution. Yes. So that that type of thing. But um, you know, I'm not saying I have a, I have a video on YouTube about how to combat a victim, and I've got a lot of good comments. And and it, you know, it's it's been interesting to to think about what the comments have been because some people have said yes, people really are victimized. Some people are victimized, mm-hmm. and and that's true. You know, if you're a victim of war if you're you know a victim of whatever but it's your attitude that yes. you're taking any situation and staying in the stuck in the story yeah yeah so how can we deal with emotional vampires and stay positive do you have exercises you can recommend for getting started yeah there's a, an emotional vampire survival guide in the book hmm. so it's important number one to take an inventory in your life and find out who are the emotional vampires mm-hmm. and who are the positive people. Mm-hmm. As you have to get that down on paper, and sometimes that can be painful, as you don't want to admit certain people are draining you. Mm-hmm. But it, it's really important to do that, because mm-hmm. then you could know how to deal with them. 
as their solutions to a lot of these emotional vampires. Um, so it, it's important to take that inventory, list which one they are. So I have five types in emotional freedom, and I have five types in positive energy. So between those, you know, all those types, you could label the people you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. You know, for instance, if you have a lot of victims in your life, or if you have a lot of drama queens, or or controlling people, you know, or narcissists, because you tend to attract the same ones. Mm-hmm. You know, when when that's your your challenge to deal with a certain type, mm-hmm. you know, with people who attract narcissists often have a couple of them at least in their life or a couple of victims so notice who the emotional vampires are in your life so they're actually helping you get strong in certain aspects of yourself things that if you're needing to set boundaries or you're they're helping you to learn that is that what you're saying yeah in a way that's how i look at it yeah yeah is that because i look at emotions and people as a path to spiritual awakening and and each one of them are teachers Mm -hmm. even though they may be annoying irritating and draining Mm -hmm. they're still beyond that you know the the overall purpose is to help you grow Mm -hmm. by setting boundaries and limits by saying no no is a complete Mm -hmm. sentence Mm -hmm. through meditation I have a three minute meditation in the book to to center yourself quickly when you're in chaos or when your energy is getting low to be able to practice these strengthening um, strategies so that you can grow strong. That's the point. And then eventually you don't attract them anymore or you you just learn how to... Have well, you, have you, you noticed know, that you stop attracting people who are energy vampires as you learn how to better self-care and set boundaries? And well, yes, and also if you if they are around, you'll have... You won't, they won't be able to push your buttons. Right. You see, they get fed when your buttons are pushed. Yes, and it is like you're you're feeding them. Yes. Right. If there's and no place to get in, they're not interested in you. Yeah. I, no, yeah. I I practice all the time in my life, you know, because I was at a dinner the other night with a woman who was clearly, I could see she was going to give me a run for my money with being an emotional vampire. Mm-hmm. And there was a whole dinner to go. <laughs> You know, when you start out, you pick it up in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so I was bound and determined not to give her anything to hold on to. And she threw out some zingers Mm -hmm. at me in terms Mm -hmm. of trying to get me to respond and react. Mm -hmm. And I didn't. You know, Mm -hmm. I didn't go for it. Mm -hmm. And so I really own the moment in that. So that's what some of the skills in the book will allow you to do, is that even if you see it coming and you can't get away from it for a time, Mm -hmm. you know, you'll know how to stay centered, to not go for the bait, mm-hmm. no, to not encourage mm-hmm. that activity mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. You see, but if you have a million buttons to push, mm-hmm. and you're the type of person who just responds every time your button gets pushed, you won't be empowered with them. Yes. Because the the key to dealing with emotional vampires is not to respond when your buttons are pushed. Yes. That's emotional freedom, yes. is to pause, center, and make a choice about how you react. Mm-hmm. Because emotional vampires get fed when you're thrown off. Mm-hmm. And they, they they don't think it out that way, mm-hmm. most of them. It's mm-hmm. more of a subliminal, energetic dynamic. Where, yes, well, I when think you're a lot of these patterns are unconscious. People are yeah, acting yeah, out. Yeah, it's unconscious. They're not, most yeah. of them aren't plotting this out. Yes. And it's just how they've been taught as in their yes. you know, childhood upbringing to react if they're modeling their parents. Yes. You know, all, all of that comes into play, but they're not aware of it. Mm-hmm. You see, you think they are, but they really aren't. Mm-hmm. 
most of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, the rare kind, the malicious kind, will go out to hurt you and and drain you and one up you, you know, on purpose. Mm-hmm. The rare kind, but most of them are just unconscious. Mm-hmm. So it's up to you if you want emotional freedom to look at these people as spiritual teachers, to set limits and boundaries with them. And with friends, sometimes friends are oblivious to, you know, some of their patterns. So to, to bring it up with lovingly mm-hmm. with friends and mm-hmm. to say, hey, you know. And I think that's myself. I think that's one of the wonderful ways friends, people you really love, we can serve each other by helping each other see ourselves, how we're, you know, see things in our behavior and to become more aware of our motivations. Oh, yes. Yes. Yes, I mean, that's, if you want ongoing friendships, you've got to learn how to do that. Mm -hmm. Or ongoing relationships. That's one thing that really appeals to me in life is to have enduring relationships over time. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, and you're really with people through ups and downs of life, and, Mm -hmm. you know, they'll inevitably irritate you, you'll irritate them, whatever, but you need to be able to talk about it. Yes. Yes. Find out what's going on behind the behavior. Yeah. 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 So why is there an interest in emotional healing now, Judith? I think so many people are yearning to be free Mm. and yearning not to be brought down by the same old stuff. You know, it's so predictable to be brought down by fear or worry and all of that. Mm -hmm. And, And that people are yearning, at least the ones that are contacting me and I've been on this book tour for emotional healing. I've, I've talked to thousands and thousands of people. Yes, when did you start your book tour? Um, I started the book tour in March, mm-hmm. and it's ongoing, actually. And I'm actually going to Denver to speak at Mile High Church this Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wonderful. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been quite, quite wonderful to speak to thousands and thousands of people who are going through this economic downturn and all the worry and fear mm-hmm. that's involved with that and all of the desire to come from a different place with it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and to learn how to center yourself, to learn how to be emotionally freer during these trying times. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I've been out with. I've been, you know, traveling the country everywhere, mm-hmm. speaking to people about the book. It's the perfect time. Mm-hmm. For the Absolutely. Book. Wonderful mission, Judith. Thank you. Yeah, it's very gratifying. It must be. What action steps can we take from your book to overcome fear and worry and to relieve stress in our lives, Judith? Well, there's a number of action steps that you can take. Um, you now, the first one is a philosophical one: is to try and make a commitment not to lead a fear-driven life, and know mm-hmm. that that's important. You know, to really set that as a priority. And do you really think that's possible? To set the priority? No, no. To live a to to not live a fear-driven life. I mean, it just seems like it's epidemic. You know that. Do you think people can free themselves? Do you absolutely believe that? I just want I, to hear it from you. <laughs> oh, I I absolutely do believe that. Not that's not to say that new fears won't come in. You'll mm-hmm. just learn how to deal with them. Yes. They won't bring you under. Mm-hmm. You see, that's the difference. It's not that fears are going to stop. Mm-hmm. But you're just going to learn how to deal with them better mm-hmm. so they can't get you. Mm-hmm. People need to hear that, Judith. People need yeah. to know that they, they, I think a lot of people, they don't want to take that first step because after the first step it gets a little easier. <laughs> and so taking control of your life and being able to make choices, free choices rather than be in reaction. You know, I think a lot of people feel futile. You know, it's futile. 
you know, so they don't even try. So I think people need to feel encouraged that they they can create a better life. They don't have to live from a fear-based life. You know, we get no, fed a lot of that in the media and elsewhere, so... Oh, it's everywhere, but that's that's the new evolutionary step that I'm talking about mm-hmm. in emotional freedom. It's about living differently. Yes, yes. But to do that, you have to be mindful and you have to have some consciousness about what you would like to change. Mm-hmm. And I guess the, the really important point is that you don't have to lead a fear-driven life, that that is the old unconscious way. And if you have the desire not to, I mean, even the desire, without any of the strategies, even the desire will start putting you on the right track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and what that means is that when fear comes up, to be aware of the different fears and to begin to track them. And in the book, with each emotion, fear included, I have a few different strategies to deal with the emotion coming from a biological standpoint, coming from an energetic, psychological, and spiritual, but always with fear always with any emotion, difficult emotion, ask yourself how this emotion can help me to spiritually grow. Mm -hmm. How does this fear, this fear of abandonment, this fear of financial insecurity, how can this make me stronger, bigger, more? Mm -hmm. And how can it help me develop courage? Because with fear in particular, the counterpoint is courage. Mm -hmm. Because without fear, you would never even want to develop courage because there would be no point counterpoint. Mm -hmm. You need to have uh, something abutting courage in order to stimulate it and so fear is a great stimulator of courage but that's the point you have to look at it that way you have to look at whatever difficulty you're going through that's making you afraid in terms of how can this help me to develop courage Mm -hmm. and look at it that way instead of this is so miserable the world is against me Mm -hmm. I'm giving up Mm -hmm. but I want to just point out with fear that's where the linear mind goes the linear mind gets very upset by fears and, and emotions. It doesn't like them. You know, it's very thrown off by them, but the intuitive mind and the intuitive self will, you know, always the deeper question is, how can this fear help me to develop courage? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I look at life as a spiritual journey mm-hmm. and that we only have so much time here. And while we're here, we have these emotions, these energies called emotions to deal with. And each one has a bit of a different vibration. Fear has one, you know, courage has another. Yes. And so with emotional freedom, what I'm talking about in the book is learning how to work with the transformation of, of these emotions, the transformation of energies, like a kind of uh, alchemy, mm-hmm. transmuting metal into gold. Yes, that's definitely. What, definitely. Yeah, yeah that, that's what this work is yes. that I'm talking about in the book. But it's learning the mastery of that. I mean, you'll never be without these emotions, but what you will be with will be without a huge reactivity to them. Mm-hmm. So you'll reach higher levels of mastery with uh, with your emotions as a navigation sort of system for yeah. moving through life. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just like dealing with challengers. Mm-hmm. You know, these emotions are challengers. It's mm-hmm. in you know the arena. You're challenged with something. That's what life is about. This is part of it. A big part of it is learning to work with emotions. So I I know that there's some spiritual uh, minds of thought that don't deal with emotions at all. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a choice not to deal with them. But, Mm -hmm. you know, the way I'm teaching it is that life gives you the spiritual challenges that are necessary 
And part of that, you don't have to go out looking for your spiritual challenges. You just have to open the door every day. Mm-hmm. And they're there. But they're emotions there. are part of that. Mm-hmm. It's learning to work with mastery of the self. Yes, yes. And yes, and the answer is yes, you can achieve increasing mastery and tame these emotions. Absolutely, mm-hmm. but not mm-hmm. repressing them. Mm-hmm. You don't repress them. Mm-hmm. You work with the energy and transform them. Mm-hmm. You see, and, and part of each emotion is there is a psychological component where it's important to look at where the fear came from, where the anger came from. If if you had abusive parents, if you had alcoholic parents, if you had parents who didn't see you, you have to go back to the childhood and examine the root of these fears if you could find them, Uh, but then keep on moving. My objection with longer-term psychotherapy is people get mired in their childhood. I have a reason for why I'm like this. Yeah, but it's good. So, and you, you, it's good to find out, but you don't stay stuck there. Exactly. That's not the ultimate thing. Yeah. You can always return there again and again if the need is there to uncover more. But it just balance it all out. It's part of the emotional freedom process, but it isn't all of it. Mm-hmm. Well, I like I like the idea of the 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 asking the the better question because the subconscious mind, when you ask a question as if you're going to get the answer. It will go to work to give you the better answer. Do you hear what I'm saying? Does oh, that yes. make sense, what I'm... Oh, absolutely. But you have to ask the question. And mm-hmm. and one of the chapters in the book is on dreams. And in the, the chapter, I teach people how to ask a question about their life before they go to sleep and ask a dream for an answer. Mm-hmm. So you have an emotional dilemma. You define it. You ask one question about it before you go to sleep. How mm-hmm. can I improve my relationship with my spouse, whatever it is, but just ask one question because if you ask more, then it can get confused in terms of the response. And then go to sleep and first thing in the morning, write down your dreams Mm -hmm. and see how the dream answers your question. Mm -hmm. That's a, a beautiful technique to use that totally goes around the linear mind and it gives you ingenious answers. Mm -hmm. And helps establish the rapport with that deeper part of you for getting those, like you were saying, um, you know, asking a question and then waiting, being patient to see for an answer to surface. Right, and the the key word is receive. Mm -hmm. But then once you get the hang of it, you'll see you'll get so much good stuff that Mm -hmm. it becomes second nature then. Mm Mm-hmm. Just in the beginning, the linear mind can't understand how just by asking without doing anything, mm-hmm. you know, that it will come back. Mm-hmm. But so, uh, the linear mind doesn't understand intuition. Mm-hmm. And it never will. No. <laughs> That's not its job. Right. <laughs> so, right. But, but it's important for everyone to realize that, to use the linear mind for what it's good at, for analyzing things, making mm-hmm. positive and negative lists, you know, for debating and all that, but when it comes to these other answers, you find them in a different way. Now, there was a study I have on my website from Science Magazine about how they did a study on when people made big decisions, it was better to sleep on them mm-hmm. than try and just figure them out. Mm-hmm. So oh, that's whatever such a good happens, example. You, I'm sorry? That's such a good example. Yeah. Yeah. That's great because they found that when people overthought something, they didn't get as good an answer, but when they slept on it with the magic of what happens when you sleep and dream, then the decision was much better the next day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're really teaching people how to trust and respect their emotions. 
Yes, and their intuition for seeing emotions, mm-hmm. what their emotions are in dreams, you know, can reveal, you know, what's going on with your emotions. If you have a dream that you're being chased on the edge of a cliff by a malevolent pursuer and you mm-hmm. wake up terrified and anxious, you know, that dream is telling you in your waking life to look back and see who that pursuer is in your life. Mm-hmm. So they could stop chasing you, whoever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, the teacher didn't understand you, a boyfriend who left you, you know, a, a, a parent who didn't see you, whatever the pursuer was. You have to know that. Otherwise, you're going to have that dream over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, do you have any upcoming events or information you'd like to share with our other information you'd like to share with our listeners, Judith? Uh, yes, um, I have my lecture and workshop schedule is on my website, which is drjudithorloff.com. And I'm having a few events in Los Angeles um, in the fall, in September and October. One is at the UCLA Mindfulness Center, mm-hmm. um, and one is at Exhale uh, Center for Yoga in Venice, so both in September and October. Oh, wonderful. Um, and I will be um, in Denver at Mile High Church um, this Friday in July, July uh, 17th. Yeah. Uh, whatever this Friday is. Um, I'll be in Mile High Church in Denver. And then also you can get the book on my website uh, with 100 free gifts from these amazing teachers like um, Dr. Michael Beckwith, um, Dr. Northrup, Dr. Bruce Lipton, um, Shirley McLean, my friend. Yes, you're going to be on with Shirley McLean, or were you? I, I just was. Yeah. And it, it's on her website. But oh, I, wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> she's fantastic. And so all these are, are gifts that these people have offered along with the purchase of the book, and it's at drjudithorlaff.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also there's a companion DVD for emotional freedom, which is also on my website um, that people can get when they go there. Okay. Well, it's wonderful. It's been wonderful having you on the show. Um, I wanted to remind everyone to learn more about Dr. Judith Orloff. Please visit her website where you can get a copy of Emotional Freedom with 100 free gifts and also subscribe to her free intuition e-newsletter. That website is drjudithorloff.com. That's drjudithorloff.com. Have a beautiful day, everyone. A warm mahalo. Thanks so much for joining us, Judith. It's been a pleasure. You're very welcome.